the well, week. Oh, okay. It's, it's, well, what? did you have something important you, to say? I was going to say, I didn't get what I was expecting, but I guess that's to be expected. It's, it's, this is, this is, we've been waiting and waiting, and then we did a little more waiting. We waited some more. And uh, we're finally we're finally able to talk about uh, talk about Gladiator two. So I'm so excited! I just can't believe that's you know, exactly that's yeah. Finally that's here. what I'm but, talking um, about. Yeah, but hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. Yes, the B team. That's Carl. And this over here in uh, a different place and plane of existence is Brady in the blue corner. Um, yeah. So hey. hey. It's the news. It's another news episode. A little bit different this week. I mean, last week was a little different as well, but we are kind of going to go a little loosey-goosey, a little skimpy on some of the regular news because we do have the DC Slate announcement from James Gunn. Um, And there's, like, it's it's one piece of news that's got, like, 12 little pieces of news in it. So we want to give a little bit of time to sort of properly unpack that. Um, But so without further ado, let's just hop right in. As I mentioned, Gladiator 2. That was that was sort of a joke, but it was also it was also not a joke. It was a joke in the sense that that's not (laughs) what we've been waiting for. Um, But really, it's not what I've been waiting for. So we talked a little bit ago the gladiator 2 um was a thing that uh it was happening we talked about the fact that there is a a lead um a lead person cast i guess uh but we now have a release date which is november of 2024 um i asked you before but i'll ask you again why i mean i, I just don't get <clears throat> There's a lot of old properties that we're returning to years later, and a lot of them make total sense to me. Sure. Give us, you know, revitalize Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is a valuable IP if you do it properly. Um, there's lots of money in merchandising and and whatever to be made having that, having doing that. There's like a whole, there's an expansive universe. You've created a universe, essentially, with, with rules and canon and lore and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Obviously, Star Wars is is forever going to be in that category. Yeah, um, you know, Star Trek when they did the Star Trek, um, like the the J.J. Abrams Star Trek films, and we have got new Star Trek shows coming out all the time. That all makes sense to me. Gladiator, the first one, although you know, certainly considered by many to be in the Hall of Fame of films, it's like an iconic piece of film. You know, it's an iconic addition to the film library of of our world. Um, that was a weird way to say that. But I just, it seemed like a very self-contained, standalone, cut and dry. There was no yeah. world building. <laughs> there was, it was, it was, there was a lot of character building. But it was like, it wasn't a specific world that they set up. It was, it was the Roman Empire. And it was, you know, they talk about like the field of reeds or whatever, like the, you know, the, you see them like wandering in, in the field of, of reeds. But that's, that's not like them setting up a world. That's just Roman mythology. Like that's, well, and we when we talked about this last time, 
it wasn't even setting up mythology necessarily. Like we, they, yeah. they, there was some talk. I mean, it's been so long since I watched it, but I assume there was some talk of like the Greek pan or the, the Roman pantheon a, a bit, but we never seen divine intervention from Zeus or no. Ares or what, you know, like these, these flash, these, these, uh, images he gets of his wife walking through the field and his son. I mean, that just kind of alludes to an afterlife, not necessarily yeah. a hired. Yeah. Yeah. And in this yeah. universe, the, so the it's, Roman yeah, it's a weird, it's weird. Yeah. So I don't know. I, you know, to do another one, to do it without Russell Crowe, to do like it just I don't I've never agreed more like there's a lot of times where you say you know oh just just do do a different ghost hunting movie and don't call it Ghostbusters like just you know do do the same idea but just make it its own thing and I don't always agree with you on that sometimes I'm like no no to me it makes sense to me you know you've got that IP and you gotta you know it's 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 good business Gladiator is the closest I've come to being right in that camp with you, where I'm like, I just don't get it. Do another gladiatorial film and call it something different. I, I right. this, you know, it, I the only real tie is that it's Ridley Scott. It's the guy that did the first one. Um, so maybe that's, I mean, that's the connection. The connection is that it's the same guy who's returning to. And I mean, maybe there'll be some carryover cast. I don't know. Mm. Um, maybe there'll be yeah. references and callbacks to the first one, but are references and callbacks enough to justify calling yeah, it a gladiator see, film? I feel like that's as close as you're going to get to, like, is a callback. Like, the most you're going to get is callbacks. Yeah. Oh, that time when, what was it, Maximus or whatever? The time when that happened. Oh, yeah. yes. Like, Very the... Good. the the events of this one will be because somebody else was inspired by what happened at this right. point a, in time. A, a kid that was in the audience in the first one. Yeah, something, but something like, like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, so November 2024, about a year and a half, a little more than a year and a half out. Um, yeah, I mean... It's not really a film that's on my radar. It's it's something that we have to talk about because it's Gladiator and it's Ridley Scott and it's, you know, it's it's they're making a sequel to one of the most yeah. iconic films in the last 25 years. So it it's something worth talking about, I guess. Um but it's not of all the films that are in my calendar that I'm Xing off the days towards. This mm-hmm. is not this is not one of them. Yeah, so like and and like th- this is just another opportunity for me to hit home on my opinion on uh using using a title franchise to make a new movie even if it doesn't fit like the gladiator right like have you watched the gray man on netflix no okay so the gray man is like a spyish flick it's got um uh a, Captain America, um, Chris, Chris, Chris Evans. Evans, Ryan Gosling. Um, and it is like, it's an awesome action f- kind of spy flick. Right. And as I'm watching it, I getting, I, I'm getting all these vibes of, oh man, this feels like born, like a born movie. Right. 
Like this feels like Jason, but Ryan Gosling feels like Jason Bourne here. Right. And, or, or some other spy flick. Like, so it's got a lot of those, um, stereotypes that a spy flick or a action flick would have. But, but for me, because they didn't say this is, this is born remake two, right? Like, right. It's, it's its own franchise. It's its own world. And, and they did a great job of building it and creating this awesome thing. And because, because it's not like, I really love the Bourne movies. Mm-hmm. So I do compare it a little bit, but because they're not using the Bourne name, it, I, it, I, I don't compare it as much. It's, it's its own thing now. It's not right. Bourne. So there's not as much comparison to, to that world. It's more just, I'm comparing, I'm comparing it to all action and spy flicks. How does this make me feel when I compared to other action spy flicks, not specifically these great, born movies that i really love and appreciate right so yeah yeah it's awesome anyways and and i think yeah that's just me going on a tangent about no no it's it's i i completely i think it's completely applicable and completely relevant because yeah i just i don't yeah i don't so yeah why not get this and and so in this sense yeah like why call it gladiator 2 why not call it uh roman war or the, the roman fighter or yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um talking about returning to old franchises, have you seen all of the Shrek films? Uh for the most part. I did recently go see Puss in Boots. I think I mentioned that. Right. Uh, yeah, you and the little one went episode. to go see it. Yeah. And it was really um, fun. I I've se- I've seen the first one a handful of times. Um I've seen the second one a handful of times. I've never been able to make it through the third one. Like, I think I've made a couple of attempts and I get about half an hour in and I'm just like, this is not, like, I don't, I got other stuff to do. I just, like, I don't care. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I did see the fourth one once. um, Went to go see it in the theater, actually, I think. Um, I haven't seen the first Puss in Boots. I have not watched any of the, you know, there's been a dozen like little Shrek Halloween specials and whatever, right? Like it, Shrek was one of those franchises that just kind of like spawned all of the merchandise and all of the video games and all of the, the you know, just everything. Yeah, it took off. Spinoffs, yeah. It was, it was like one of um, my, uh, my, my, Mike, Mike Myers' last greats. Uh, yeah, which is funny because it wasn't even supposed to be him. Yeah, yeah, it was right. supposed it to was be supposed to be Chris, Chris Farley. Farley, yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, it's been a aside from Puss in Boots. So, like, we've gotten these two Puss in Boots films. It has <clears throat> been a hot minute since we've gotten an actual Shrek proper film, a Shrek installment. Yep. <clears throat> I'm just actually just going to look up Shrek Four. Uh, 2010. So it's been 13 years, 13 years. Um, which is, yeah, that's, that's a hefty chunk considering the first one came out in 2001. So in the course of nine years, they've released four films. Um, in the last 13 years, we haven't gotten any. So someone 
in an interview the other day said they would like more. And this is someone who's not just anybody. It's not Mike Myers, um, but someone who's been seeing a big sort of renaissance, a Hollywood renaissance um, in Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was kind of out of the out of the spotlight for a, a good long while. Yeah, um, a minute. Hot minute. And then, um, I mean, he did like weird little odd, you know, he was in like a, he had like a music career, didn't he? He like Uh, made some music and stuff. Um, But yeah, it wasn't in really anything for a very long time. Kind of made his big sort of return to the big screen with Coming to America 2, which was not super well received by critics and stuff um got a netflix at, special at least compared to the name? first one yep he did the netflix special um but now he is saying that uh he would like he would like to be a part of more shrek universe projects not only shrek like not only i think is he asking for a shrek 5 um but he was saying you know donkey donkey deserves his own sp- his own standalone <laughs> film like donkey he actually he goes on to say that donkey's a a, a funnier character than puss in boots um oh for sure is i would true. say so it's true but it's also like a little i, I don't know it feels like a weird thing to say about like your co-stars character that'd be like yeah. you know why are you giving antonio banderas movies give me a movie <laughs> but um Actor wants work. Go here figure. are the things. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. So here are the thoughts. Um, Shrek Five. Yeah. You know what? I think Mike Myers deserves it. Cameron Diaz is back <clears throat> acting again. She kind of retired for a number of years there, but then you know I think just kind of got bored and decided right. I kind of want to act again. Um, and so she's back acting again. You could totally, totally pull it off a Shrek Five. Um, if it's done well, if you do it properly. Mm. Um, so I'm all for that. As far as a donkey standalone film, you know, Puss in Boots as a standalone film character works really well. Um, because, you know, there's sort of that, like, Puss in Boots is his own character from from fairy tales right like he's he's a character he's there's a world there that you can kind of and a lore to him that you can kind of build off of donkey donkey's an excellent character but donkey has always been a really great supplementary character supporting character he's a supporting character right he is a character that works so well because you're playing him off of mike myers as shrek yeah, you got these two witty comedians bouncing back off each other. Exactly. So I, you know, I don't think a standalone donkey film makes sense to me. Um, I think that it would just kind of, I think it'd be kind of like the Minions movie, right? Where you're like, oh, everybody loves Minions, everyone loves Minions, until you get an hour and a half of just Minions. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is like, this is kind of a one note thing. <laughs> you didn't like the Minions movie then? I didn't watch them, but I heard I heard that 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 was a, a common complaint that I had heard that it was just like these are it's really goofy characters. fun. Is it? Yeah. Like um oh shoot, what is the original movie called now? Um 
uh, uh, Despicable Me. Despicable Me, right. Yeah. So, like, Gru as a character in his story in the first one and even the second and third, like, it's pretty, pretty good. Like he's, it's a fun, they're fun ship movies. Yeah. And all like, and there's a lot of depth that those, that he can go through as a character and yeah, the minions play a really big, funny supporting role. Mm-hmm. And in a standalone, the minions, it it's, it's a lot of the same thing for like an hour. So it's goof. It's really goofy fun. There's not a lot of character development or yeah, growth. Well, and yeah. Like, but like if you go into it expecting just a goofball fun or you're under the age of 15 or 13, you're going to love, you love the movie. It's great. Sure, sure. In my opinion, I think I okay. thought it was fun. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, but on topic of the Shrek thing, like I hear you, like, does he need a, does he need a standalone? Does, does the Shrek franchise need more? Right. Like, is this, is this a gladiator scenario? Right. That what we were just talking about, does it need more, more movies to answer the last question? Does it need more? I think this is this is a world that is rife with opportunities for stories. Especially and I don't know if I would have said that before watching this most recent Puss in Boots film. Because in the most recent Puss in Boots film, you end up they draw in a whole bunch of brand new characters that are fairy tale or or from poems or rhymes or nursery rhymes and and create these interesting three-dimensional characters from this very two-dimensional story or kids story or poem or or book right like uh the main villain from the puss in boots is tom thumb tom sticks his thumb in the pie and it's purple and you know like they created this really interesting villain out of this two two-dimensional story this very simple nursery rhyme so right like there are so many nursery rhymes grimm's fairy tales all that stuff that that shrek could draw from for for story material and character material and put these really cool fun spins on them Mm -hmm. to make to make really interesting stories now does shrek need his own film or does does uh eddie murphy and uh donkey need their own film (sighs) I think I think on one hand you could go no he is just a good supporting character but have you like the fan theory out there on Donkey that that I love is Donkey is one of the donkeys from, from Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Yeah. He's he hasn't had the full transformation. He can still talk but he is a donkey. He's he was once a real boy. So I think you could have there's a potential there that you could have a really interesting story where he's kind of like either a, a prequel story where he's coming to terms with being a donkey right. or a sequel story where he's like trying to he's sick of being a donkey and he's, and he's remembering what it was like to be a boy. And somehow he, he comes to, he has to come to accept being a donkey again, or you know what I mean? Like, or he tries to become a real person again. So there's op- I think there's opportunities there galore in this Shrek world for stories, including for Donkey. Mm-hmm. I think Shrek has had his time in the sun. After five, what is it, five or six films? 
for Shrek him. and Fiona. They, ugh, I I don't need to see more of Shrek and Fiona or their kids or, you no. know, like I think I think that's that's been enough from them. Let's explore the rest of this world. Let's, you know, what what happens with uh, with the gingerbread man? Maybe you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think there's lots of opportunity for stories in the world that don't have to do with Shrek. Right. Well, we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. Either way, I think, you know, it's an exciting opportunity for Eddie Murphy. He's, you know, he's he's seeing a resurgence and he's he's back on the scene and and <clears throat> I think that's a great thing. I, yeah, you know. Yeah. He's a funny Murphy's He's a funny been. actor. He's a funny comedian. He's great. Yeah, yeah. I lo- I love to see more of him. All right, moving on to our third and final topic. This one will be this one will take up the biggest chunk of time. <laughs> yeah, the DCU announcement yeah. from James Gunn. What was it? Five and a half minute, five six minute uh, video. Yeah, it was about five and a half minutes, I think. Um, yeah. And he sort of he, he sort of detailed um, the first half uh, or or part of part his, his first faves. Well, no, it was part of his first phase. So he was it, saying, so chapter one is called Gods and Monsters, chapter one of the DCU. And he goes on to say that this is not all of chapter one, but these are the this is the part of mm. chapter one that they can they can unveil to us now. Um, right. So listen Which, which uh, was quite a bit. It was and quite it's a bit. It's supposed to take the next ten years. Uh, not this. He's. They're saying the part that they the part that they announced right now will probably take about four or five years. That's a lot in four years. I it don't. is a lot. It is a lot. Are you sure? I'm absolutely no. I've, I'm looking at. I'm looking at the interview from uh, an interview that James Gunn did right now. Yep. Um, so here's the thing. We're gonna go through it. Um, we'll go through it sort of property by property here, um, and I'll read a little bit about each one. Um, but the biggest thing I want to say is, like, I I went into – I had so, so many questions. So many questions, Mr. And now Wayne, you have more. <laughs> before going into watching this video, and I feel like maybe almost hardly none of them were answered <laughs> Yeah, like we went in, I think we definitely went into this thinking, oh, we're going to get a casting for all these characters. Yeah, they're going to tell us, or at least we didn't Superman. Get, we didn't get a single casting. No, no. And which is very di- kind of disappointing. Like, that's what we were expecting. We did not get that at all. We didn't all. get a single casting, but then we also got some weird casting we got, It's a weird roadmap. Like, there's some, yeah. some so he, uh, titles in here that are like, Wow, Gunn is really like scraping the bottom of the DC universe. Yeah, well, for, it's James like, Gunn. Creature Commandos. I've yeah. never well, heard of the okay, Creature. Let's not, I'm not let's a DC don't, guy, don't, but who are the Creature Commandos? Don't, don't get Somebody ahead of us here. So <laughs> he starts by talking about the the already existing slate. Um, he right, says Shazam, Flash, Blue have, Beetle. Yeah, we have Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Um, he says, which, you know, they're super excited for, and it still kind of fits in with what they're wanting to do because Shazam has always been kind of in his own little corner of the DCU. So they can do that film and it's not, you know, it doesn't screw anything up. Right. Then they say that leads nicely into the flash, 
which has now been confirmed to us as a flash, but officially confirmed to be a flashpoint story um, because he says the flash resets the DC universe. Right. So obviously there's some sort of timeline shenanigans that are going to go on. Then this is where things get a little weird because so next we have blue beetle um which again is fine is a character that has not been introduced to us yet um so it it completely works for that to exist in the in the reset dcu um right so it potentially ties in really nicely with one of the titles that they did announce so maybe there's going to be a little bit of crossover there right so pausing here real quick uh, it sounds like when, when I listen to the J- James Gunn outline his plan, this does not sound like the throw everything in the dumpster, burn it all, start from the ground up. No. Uh, well, that's that, what we're about to get we to also, with the next title. Oh, so I also assumed it was because, yeah, like moving forward from this point on what you're about to talk about. There's a lot of like copy over, it almost sounds like, from the existing DCU. Yeah. So, I mean, none of us ever had, like, I don't think there was ever any doubt that they weren't going to still release Blue Beetle um, because, I mean, they'd made the movie. And so it makes sense that, you know, that they would see if they could find a way to either yeah. release it. Release recoup it some be- finance on it. Yeah, either either release it and say this is a part of the old thing or release it and and find a way to tie it in and make it a part of the new thing. Um, yeah. The, you know, they sort of had that flexibility with it not being a pre-existing franchise. Then we go into Aquaman 2. Aquaman 2 with Jason Momoa, which was a film that, again, I, none of us had any doubt that they were just, well, I mean, there was some doubt when the whole Johnny Depp Amber Heard stuff was going on, but um, it is definitely still coming out. And my assumption, and I think most people's assumption, had been that this would be considered part of the old regimen and yeah. we're just kind of, we're just kind of <clears throat> cleaning up. We're sweeping out what what there was, and then you know here comes here comes the fresh start. Did they do a little bit of weird timeline shenanigans, where maybe Flash resets the universe, but maybe Aquaman happens you know, kind of like the MCU's done a few times. Maybe Aquaman happens before the Flash, even though it's kind, being well, released. Well, the only time after. They, DCU's done it is with Black Widow, right? Uh, MCU. Which, yeah. MCU, yeah. Uh, Which, to me, I don't know. Why don't you just switch the release dates of Flash and Aquaman? <laughs> they did also do it with Infinity War and um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right, because Ant-Man and the Wasp came out after Infinity War, but technically takes place <clears throat> during, like, congruently. The same time. Yeah. And then yeah. the next film was Captain Marvel, which takes place back in the 80s. So, you know, it's sometimes you have to jump back to, you know, even Eternals, much of much of Eternals takes place in the past. But so anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, it, but it's and so, I mean, maybe there's still room for that. Maybe maybe the Flash is going to come out and Aquaman is going to take place <clears throat> before the Flash. But it definitely didn't seem like that from this announcement. It kind of seemed yeah. like. 
somehow it ties into this new universe a soft reboot and that this is that our aquaman is still going to be our aquaman there was also a discussion um in an interview where whether this is true or not whether they're not showing their whole hand but james gunn and peter safran said um we're still talking with gal gadot we don't we yeah. don't know what the plan is there yet and whether or not we're going to, you know, we're, we're figuring out wh- where we want to go with that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, so hang on. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, our it, Wonder it's Woman definitely might, a lot softer than we thought. Yeah, our Wonder Woman might stay the same. Our, our Aquaman, um, may Aquaman stay might same. stay the same. Yeah. But definitely anyway, after our Aquaman Superman two, is different. But definitely Aqu- our su- Superman is different. And that's the interesting part. Is yeah. that for sure you're getting a new Batman? For sure you're getting a new Superman. Yeah. We might keep some of these other characters. So interesting. Yeah, even so, the Superman thing, like when we get there later, that's it's it's an in, it's a weird uh, comic book story they're 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 pitching from. Yeah, yeah, they're starting for sure. From. But after okay, Aquaman so, two, it jumps into his the, the essential gun universe, which yeah, so, is the gods and monsters. He's titled it. Set about creatures and commandos. It is a seven episode animated series written by Gun that is already in production. Originally, a team of classic <clears throat> monsters assembled to fight Nazis. This is a modern take on the concept. The voice actors have yet to be cast, but the executives are looking to find people who can voice the animated characters and also portray live-action versions of them when the anti-heroes show up in movies in the series. So yeah, that's that's something else he said, is that for the most part, they are going to try whenever possible to have the same cast playing the animated versions, that the, that the DCU is going to be unique in the sense that it is going to go in and out of animation and that the <sighs> talent playing those characters will be consistent in both iterations. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. And the MCU did that with the what if series and probably will moving forward, hopefully, yeah. but, but yeah, it's for, for them to do that right out the gate. That's pretty neat. Yeah. So the um, only looking at this image of the image that was provided of the creature commandos, it's that's also a property that I was not familiar with and was really surprised. Like I think going into it naively, yeah. I was like, well, you're going to kick this thing off with Superman. He's your, that's yeah. what you're going to do. And or you're Batman gonna, or, or Batman or, or whatever. Wonder Woman or all three. And so <laughs> when, when he was like, first up, we're excited to announce creature commandos. I was like, uh, the who? Huh? <laughs> the, what? The what? Um, it it kind of makes you know. This kind of makes sense to me because it's an animated thing. It's going to be easier to get it out quicker. Um, and you kind of want to hit the ball. You want to hit the ground running, right? And so you don't want to say, <laughs> "Hey, it's going to take us two years to get a Superman movie out." So sit tight, twiddle your thumbs, and go watch some Marvel properties yeah. while you wait, right? It's, um, it's an interesting so looking cast from the picture that they used too. Uh, like you've cast, got like a Frankenstein a and like a Mrs. Frankenstein. Yeah. So the only carryover that we've seen and, before in the DC, there is a familiar character in from the DCU, um, specifically from a James Gunn property, which is Weasel. Um, Weasel was in the oh, okay. most recent Suicide Squad movie. Um, okay. I hadn't so seen that I, yet. I, oh my gosh, that's the next, okay, the next time I'm in town, 
We're I'm bringing it over. Squad. Got it. <laughs> we'll drink whiskey and watch Suicide Squad. Um, yeah. So you know, uh, hmm. it's hard to say. It it seems like so. One of the other things that James Gunn has said since this announcement that is is worth keeping in mind as we go through these is that unlike the MCU, depending on the story. Some of the properties in the MCU are going to be PG or in the DCU are going to be PG thirteen, and some of them are going to be R. Mm. Um, it's going to be a darker universe, and so I, you know, it, it, you would look at something like this and go, "Well, it's a cartoon, so you know, I'm assuming they're going to go PG thirteen with it. They're going to keep it, you know, blah blah blah." Adult animation is becoming like it's more and more a thing. It's totally it's, possible that this could be an R property. Um, it's its own uh, section on Disney now. Yeah. Yes. Especially considering James Gunn is writing it, right? If you look at the type of stuff now, obviously Guardians of the Galaxy was PG-13. Um, but as far as DC goes, James Gunn is responsible for both Suicide Squad and the Peacemaker series, both of which are very very r-rated um so i don't know it's um it's an interesting first kind of thing and we'll just kind of have to see where it goes (laughs) yeah i think Um, the next thing that he mentions is way more interesting oh really i feel the total opposite so it's i think it's hey before you jump into it i think it's more interesting because this is the moment i was like oh he's not burning everything Yes. Well, yeah, absolutely. So this that, is our that was next the, the like tie-in. light bulb moment. This is our next tie-in to what came before, which is a live action Waller series in a spin-off of Gunn's own HBO Max hit series Peacemaker, Viola Davis, which has played um Waller. Amanda Waller in regardless of how Everything. weird the continuity has gotten, she has continued to play um, she's continued to play Amanda Waller. Um, Viola Davis will return as the ruthless and morally ambiguous head of a government task force. It is being written by uh, Crystal Henry, who did Watchmen, and Henry Carver, the creator of Doom Patrol. Um, so we get a carryover know. in Viola Davis, and we get a carryover from the Peacemaker series as well. Yeah, so this one so is very much, this is kind of like giving us our next advancement in that corner, like in James Gunn's corner of the DCU, which yeah. is his so Suicide he, Squad, Peacemaker he's, universe. He's burning everything that wasn't his. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> seems that way, doesn't it? <laughs> Which I mean, I'm just is, realizing this now. Which <laughs> like, some people yeah, would look he, at and say, "Oh, that's kind of childish," but you know what? It's completely his prerogative. I mean, yeah, uh, you know. So this one doesn't interest me as much. I mean, it interests me because uh, this one for sure will be R. I have no doubt this will be HBO Max, Amanda <laughs> Waller. This is going to be an R-rated property. Yeah. Um, but it just, you know, as much as I love the most recent Suicide Squad movie, as amazing as the Peacemaker series was, I just, I don't, I, for some yeah. reason, I'm sick of Amanda Waller. She's never I, been a I character. I think she's a really I'm, intriguing character. She's an intriguing character. It's just never one that I've, you know, it's kind of like, oh, okay, we're doing this again. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, um, I think, yeah, it's. 
like I said, this was kind of the light bulb moment that he's not burning everything to the ground to, re- to make a fresh start. But at the same same time, it, for me, it just raises like more questions. It's like, okay, so what what are you burning down and starting fresh? Right. Like obviously, we're Superman's just have to wait fresh. And see, and I Batman guess. will probably be fresh, but is Batman fresh? Because like, oh yeah, no, Batman ben shows up in back. Suicide Squad. Yeah, and like, are, the first are you doing a new Joker and Harley Quinn then? Uh, listen, like, like I, how much? How much of this? Peacemaker, Suicide Squad, Waller is is new, and how much is carryover from what he's yeah. he's throwing out? It's a good question because the Joker. I mean, even though first <clears throat> Suicide Squad is David Ayer and not James Gunn, um, it is you know he did he did the second Suicide Squad, which has Margot Robbie as Harley yeah. Quinn. Same so carryover it's hard, cast. Hard yeah. to say. It's hard to say. I imagine I can't see them doing. We'll talk about we'll talk about Joker when we get to when we get yeah. to another property. But I I think some of that will change, and I I think it's possible that some of it will stay the same. So mm-hmm. next up, we have our first feature film. Dum dum dum. Uh, Waller's supposed to be a feature film, is it? No, no it's a HBO TV series. Oh, the article I'm looking at shows it as a chapter one movie. Oh, yeah. No, both anyway. the both the both the video and the Hollywood Reporter review he did are uh Well are, then Decider has decided yes. wrong. <laughs> so uh next up we we do have the first feature length film that we are going to get is as I predicted as as I think most of us assumed, yeah. Superman Legacy. Right. The movie oh, featuring so, the Man so. of Steel that that Gunn is currently writing and may direct. This is something we've talked about. Um, lots of people have talked about. Will James Gunn direct the first Superman? I think ultimately it's going to just come down to whether or not he has time. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's writing it. Yeah. But whether he directs uh, it or pr- pr- how much of a producer role takes. It takes a lot or, more time out of his, you know, it's, yeah. Um, yeah He's already no, got a lot of time wrapped up in. He's writing. He he's writing a lot of stuff for this yep. universe. Yep. So he he's not going to have a lot of time. Uh, while the two previous titles are meant to be um, aperitifs, aperitifs. What does that word mean? Hang on. Aperitif, <laughs> meaning. Uh, an alcohol drink taken before a meal to stimulate the appetite. So it's like a, okay, like a, okay. Uh-huh. Um, while, the, while the previous two titles are meant to entice your appetite, in Saffron's words, Superman is the true kickoff for the duo's DCU plans. It's not an origin story, Saffron said. It focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. He is the embodiment of truth, justice, and the American way. He is kindness in a world that thinks that kindness is old-fashioned. A release date of July 11th, 2025 has been penciled in. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us wanted another Superman or- origin story. No. Been there, done that. Um, and yeah, we don't really have a lot of other details about this in, in what's said here, other than he is the, like, it sounds like they are really focusing on 
the the not the origins of Superman, but like the original iteration of Superman, the true back to basic Superman, which is he is the embodiment of truth, justice in the American way, um, which is how he was always portrayed initially in the comics. Um, yeah, there's been stuff throughout the years where, you know, Superman, all characters have evolved and kind of changed and so on and so forth. Um, but there really looks like they're, they're, they're going for boy scout America. Um, you know, kind of kind of just really focusing in on this is this is the the Dudley Do-Right Superman in a world that doesn't believe in that anymore. Hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. It's an interesting spot to start. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Oh, well, it go no, it's, you have to say more. I think I this is the absolute logical place. I don't know. Place I feel like <clears throat> So the um oh shoot, what's his name? He yeah. uh he, he got he became um a quadriplegic. He played Superman, became Christopher quadriplegic. Reeve. Christopher Reeve's Superman. Yeah. That wasn't an origin story, I I don't believe. I don't I wouldn't like they they touched on the origin very briefly, but then they just got right into Superman being Superman. I, I think mean, that's they, kind of what I was more expecting from they this. They do the the Jonathan Kent having his heart attack, collapsing in the field. Like they do the whole they show him as a kid. Yeah, but like in terms of the overall runtime of the film. He discovers the Fortress of Solitude. I would uh, say that was a, that was definitely an origin movie. Maybe I need to go back and I think you need it. to go back. In and my mind, that. It, it's it's a small part in the overall story. Oh, maybe I'm confusing it more. Maybe I'm combining the first and the second one in my head because it's been maybe. a long time since I've seen them. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it just it feels like an old man Superman story. <laughs> like, in what sense? Uh, like he's well, like so the the DC Comics uh, the article I got here it's got a DC Comics tweet Superman Legacy written by James Gunn the film will hit theaters and focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing and then kind of pair that with what you just said about you know like struggling with being this moral right in a world that's not morally right like it just it feels like that's something that an older Superman would kind of work through. Like, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe, maybe I'm just looking at it through the wrong lens. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited for it. I think, you know, it's, it's gonna, it's got the uphill struggle of the fact that people are butthurt about Henry Cavill. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe I need more information and I need, maybe. and I need to know who's playing him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. But it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't make me jump out of my seat and go, "Yes, this right. is what I was waiting for." Right? <laughs> yeah. Next up, we have another TV series um, called Lanterns. So Greg Berlanti's long in the works Green Lantern TV series has been scrapped, and Gunn and Saffron have parted ways with the longtime DC series Stewart. In its place will be a new take on the space cops with power rings. Our vision for this is very much in the vein of true detectives, Saffron described. It's terrestrial-based, 
So it's going to happen here on Earth. It will feature prominent Lantern heroes Hal Jordan and John Stewart. So you yeah, were smart you when you both. cast both of them. Uh, that, and, I'm excited that we get both. That's and awesome. is one of the most important shows they have in development. This plays a really big role in leading into the main story we are telling across film and TV. Um, so yeah, basically, you know, and I've read other stuff. He talks about or James Gunn talks about you know they're they're kind of overseeing precinct Earth, um, and yeah, so it sounds like it it could be. I mean, they they say it's in the vein of True Detective, so this yeah. could be an R rated thing. It's gonna be it could be dark and gritty. Um, I think it's fascinating that we get both. They said there will be sort of a, a peppering of other lanterns throughout the series, but obviously it mainly focuses on Hal Jordan and John Stewart. Um, yeah. I think, and yeah. Yeah. I think my hope is that we get to see a lot of green lanterns, not just like there's a lot of green lanterns that hail from earth. Right. So we got confirmed Hal Jordan, John Stewart, but there's also a guy Gardner and a Kyle Rayner. Um, Kyle Rayner's, I think it's Kyle Rayner is the one that's kind of known as being a, a douche. <laughs> He's kind of right. a jerk. Uh, but yeah, and there's, there's like, I'm just kind of, I Googled it real quick here. There's a bunch of other ones that must be kind of newer to in the last like 20 years or so that I'm more un, unfamiliar with. A Simon Baz, a Jessica Cruz, a teen lantern called Kelly. Quinta, a sojourner. Do you think we'll get into seeing red and yellow and 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 white? I don't think we'll get pink. I hope we get yellow in the first season for sure. Yeah, because that's kind of like your that's your antagonist, right? You're sort of setting up. Yeah, but I don't in that way. I don't think. I don't think. I think the other ones will come into play later. Mm -hmm. Oh man, you got to you got to introduce the the whole full color spectrum eventually. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. And all sort of the lore that goes along with with the rings. Yeah. And I'm excited, man. I I was actually just thinking, I was watching a Ryan Reynolds movie last night, and I was like, you know what? It's really bad, but I am due for a rewatch of the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern. Um, yeah. Just because, I don't know, because it, it takes me back. It's kind of like every so often I get a hankering to go back and watch the the. Fantastic Four movies from the early 2000s just because it's like nostalgic it takes me back to when like that was they were bad but we still liked we still liked them and watched them because that was all we had for superhero movies that was the you know they were campy but that was because it was a genre it was a it was a niche guilty pleasure genre that wasn't taken yeah. super seriously so yeah yeah oh, uh, man Moving on yeah, to a this film. could be a really cool show. Oh yeah. Moving on to another movie, we have The Authority. Leave Again. it to James Gunn. What? Leave it to James Gunn <laughs> to just start throwing like crap at the wall that we've never heard of. Uh, a movie based on a team of superheroes with rather extreme methods of protecting the planet that first originated in the late 1990s under an influential imprint known as Wildstorm, run by artist and now head of DC publishing Jim Lee. One of the things 
of the DCU that is not just a story of heroes and villains, said Gunn. Not every film and TV show is going to be about good guy versus bad guy. Giant things from the sky come and good guy wins. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, there are white hats, black hats, and gray hats, added Saffron. There are... Uh, they are kind of like Jack Nicholson and a few good men. They just or they know that you want them on the wall, or at least they believe that. Um, I think this is going to be R-rated. I from from <clears throat> what I've been reading on the authority and who these characters are, and you know the extreme methods of protecting people. It sounds like you know these essentially even though they say it's not about good guys and bad guys it sounds like they are sort of essentially good guys they're, they're just, anti-heroes yeah they just don't like, really have any self it implemented rules when it comes to like their moral compass is not that of a superman or a batman yeah right like to if, quote james gunn in his release here they're they think the world's broken and they want to fix it by any means necessary yeah. I think it's a very different look at a superhero. So if 300 people die in the course of doing good, then that's an acceptable, you know, then that's just yeah. what happens. Yeah. So I think it's definitely going to be R. I think um, it's interesting to me that this is going to be the second DC film, like following Superman. Yeah. The next big film is going to be this, this thing that we don't know about. <laughs> like, yeah. And I like, I, I like <laughs> here while we're talking, I like highlighted Wildstorm and then with the right click and then search Google for Wildstorm and then added DC to the search. And it's like, these are, yeah, this is like a really out there superhero group. Like it's not even from the prime earth that the DC comics usually follow. Right. It's they're from. I'll just read the first little bit from the DC wiki here. The Wildstorm universe, it's an actual different universe, is also known of Earth 5.0. It's one of 50 divergent realities. So he's pulling characters from a different universe to bring into his main line universe, which I think, you know, like you're, you're, you're making a cinematic universe. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, um, and... And but I think a lot of people would look at the fact that this is that this is such a niche property, and <clears throat> and that would give them cause for concern. It's James Gunn. I mean, keep in mind this is the guy that brought us Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, like Guardians. Yeah, this is yeah. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah, like this sounds like he's taken something that's a little bit more on the fringes of the DC comics, and uh, that he really likes or is interested in, cause he's called this a passion project. A passion so I can only project, assume he's yeah. really interested in this story line in the comics. And he's like, I'm going to turn this into a film. And, and then DC is going to make, make this like one of their A-list comics in the next 10 years. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and again, so you, as we've just established, you haven't seen it, but you'll know what I, mean in a few weeks when you and I watch Suicide Squad, this is a man that made us feel an emotional attachment to Polka Dot Man. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got a knack for for the, you know he's got a knack for the, the niche characters. Oh man, okay. So you just mentioned Polka Dot Man and like I do I know about the movie a little bit and how that Polka Dot Man plays kind of a big role and he's pretty he makes 
polka dot man seem really cool it'd be cool to see him uh do something with kite man from the dc universe oh yeah because <laughs> kite man is kind of the same thing he's like this goofy rogues gallery character for super like i think primarily batman <laughs> he's just this really he flies around on a kite and robs people <laughs> I need like to a see literal Condiment kite. King done justice. And, That's yeah. He's like this stupid character that easily gets <clears throat> defeated. And the yeah. DC Comics <clears throat> uh, recently uh, did a run on on him and fleshed out his character, and made him a bit more interesting. So it'd be interest. It would be cool to see Gunn take more of these characters that are like kind of two dimensional, easily defeated villains or slacker heroes or whatever, and flesh them out more. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have another <clears throat> HBO Max series called Paradise Lost. The duo describes this HBO Max series as a Game of Thrones style drama set on the all female island that is Wonder Woman's birthplace, Themyscira. Mm-hmm. Filled with political intrigue and scheming between power players, it takes place before the events of the Wonder Woman films. So yeah, so from what I've read about this, this is like Wonder Woman's not is doesn't exist yet. She hasn't Diana's been created. Does, yeah. It hasn't been created. Um, I think this is one of the properties, at least from the TV shows, this is one that I am the most interested in. Um uh, you know, you talk about mm. an HBO Max series, Game of Thrones style. I don't know if that means like in in terms of nudity and violence. Like if we're if if that's declaring that this is going to be an R rated series, <laughs> um, set on an all female <clears throat> island, it, it's going to be very interesting. The political intrigue and scheming between power players. Mm. I think this is the perfect storm like it's it's just such a good recipe for a potentially really thrilling really interestingly well done show um and i yeah i can't wait i cannot wait do do you have any thoughts or no i this one this one i was just like oh okay so it's either going to be like wonder woman origin or i I don't know like eh, i don't know it doesn't it doesn't interesting the 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 whole the announcement of this did never it kind of went over my head and i was just like eh, i'm not even i'm not jumping up and down at this one so it's going to be really interesting when you and i (sighs) review this show to see like like, the more interesting tv the most interesting tv show is either going to be lanterns or the one that we're going to talk about shortly i think so next up, we have a big one. It's a film. It's another film. We have The Brave and the Bold. This Batman. is the introduction of the DCU Batman, said Gunn, of mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne, and also introduces our favorite Robin. He's referring to <clears throat> him and Saffron, not the fans as a collective. <laughs> Damian Wayne, who yeah. is a little son of a bitch. The movie yeah. will take inspiration from the now classic Batman run written by Grant Morrison that introduced Batman to a son he never knew existed for the first eight to ten years of his life. A, murderous, a son raised by Ra's al Ghul to be an assassin. <laughs> well, we don't know that for sure yet. We don't know that that's the route that they're going, but that... Like, how can they not? 
well, it's, you know. You, you got it. Um, a murderous tween raised by assassins. It does say assassins, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get Raz al Ghul. Um, it's a very strange father-son story. So, um, <clears throat> listen, I... It, they also go on to talk. He also says that this will be sort of the introduction of the Bat family. Right. So there's potentially more Robins will show up. And there's a lot of things about Batman this that people. I hear and I get really excited about. And there's a couple of things that I go, oh. So Bat Family gets me super excited. Yeah, give me, you know, especially because we've moved on from the Tim Drake years, obviously, which means we assumed because we were getting, or at least I assumed because we were, we knew we were getting a young Superman. I assumed Batman would be a similar age. If we're hmm. talking about we're all the way up to Damien, and and so we're four Robins in, yeah, and Batman's been at a, this for at least thirty years. He has minimum. a tween son. Yeah, this is um, this is an older, <clears throat> this is an older Batman. Yeah, <clears throat> which means my my potential dream casting of John Hamm might have not been something that I should have excluded from my <laughs> list. But um, so that gets me excited. A potential Nightwing. Um, yeah. there's, there's room for a Red Hood storyline. Yep. There's potential that we have Red Robin. Yeah, there could be. Yeah, there could be several Robins. We could have a, a Batgirl. Batgirl. Batgirl uh, could already be kind of out of the picture, and we have an Oracle. Oracle instead of Bat, a Batgirl. Batwoman, Batwing. Like there's yeah. Yeah, Huntress. Like there's this whole yeah. pantheon th that we could potentially tap into. Yeah, the, the thing Bat, that the I, Bat family is large. Yeah, the thing that I time. see and I don't start jumping up and down about is I got to tell you, James, Damien's like my second least favorite Robin. <laughs> really? Yeah. I've never, I, I don't know. I just, I think by the time I think that's when I, he's, he's just the one Robin that I don't buy. Right. Like Tim Drake. Okay. Tim Drake, y y you know, you don't really have to buy his story because he was the original Robin. And so you just accept that he's Robin. Jason Todd, you know, you kind of, okay. Like Robin, he's going to bugger off to Bloodhaven. He doesn't want to be Robin anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Got it. I think you're Batman. getting them mixed up. Dick Grayson was the first one. That's what I'd said. Was it? I thought, yeah. you, wait, no. Uh, you said Jason Todd. No, I no. Then moving on to Jason Todd. So Jason oh, Todd, okay. we we get because Sorry. Dick Grayson buggers off to Bloodhaven. He doesn't right. want to be Robin anymore. He's going to be Nightwing. Um, and Batman feels like he needs another another sidekick. And so you know, okay, uh, Jason Todd and his origins. <clears throat> he's he's kind of a, a a rough around the edges, caught trying to steal the tires off the Batmobile. Okay, super great. super smart. <laughs> yeah. Then he gets killed. Yeah. Presumably. He's he, he goes missing and Batman assumes he's dead, killed by the Joker. He goes through all this grief. He's very reluctant to take on another Robin because of the trauma that he's dealing with. Um but Tim Drake, who was at the circus the night that Dick Grayson's parents died, has deduced Batman's 
identity. And so Batman kind of brings him into the fold. Right. So I'm like, okay. So up until this point, I'm like, I kind of buy it. And then even moving way, 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 way forward with Carrie Kelly, I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. I also, you know, it's like the other Robins aren't around anymore, so we can't really pull on them. This isn't even really a Robin that Batman's asking for or condoning. She's kind <laughs> of like, you know, forcing yeah. herself into the fold. Um, I, but the whole Damian Wayne thing, it just kind of felt like, okay, we need, we need, we need to get another Robin. Well, let's say <laughs> Batman has a son. <laughs> like. It just, I don't know. It's, I think it's, it could be interesting. They do touch on it. It's a very interesting father-son dynamic. It, it will give us a Batman dynamic that we haven't seen before. It is the return of Robin to the screen in the first time, for the first time in 24 years, which is crazy. Um, I just, I don't, I, I don't know. I just don't, I've never bought the Damien story mm. thing and then it's like you know yeah it's interesting you know his mother is talia and all this stuff but like it just i i don't know i think part of it is we don't fully know what tone they're going with like we don't know we can kind of get a bit of a feel for like the 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 properties that they've announced but like how grounded in reality is this dc universe or is it not like is it going to feel very much like the Snyderverse in tones of like okay we do we've got like you know I mean we know we've got aliens we know we've got humanoid weasels we know we've got <laughs> you know X Y Z so I guess that kind of answers that question for us um, in which case okay things like the Lazarus Pit and the League of Assassins and and so on and so forth that's really not that far fetched like it's yeah. <laughs> kind of all so i don't know i it's i'm excited either way because you know it's batman he's my favorite hero um of all time shut up yes he's a hero you <laughs> naysayers can go suck an egg um yeah i uh, i don't know the damien thing irks me a little bit aside from mm. that i could not be more excited um but what are your thoughts i think this is uh, a really fun place to start for Batman. Um, like I was saying from weeks ago, I don't, I don't really want origin stories. Just, just jump in. Um, this is a really cool spot to jump in because yeah, Batman is older. He's, he's obvious. Like if they stick to kind of comic book Canon, he's had several other wards and proteges already. And Unlike other people on this podcast, I like Damian Wayne. I think he's other an interesting people. character. He's an interesting <laughs> Robin. Yeah. Um, like he's, he's, he's unruly. He's a, he's a very young Robin, but being raised from birth to be an assassin he's like, got different ideals. by the best assassins in the world. Uh, he's he, like, he's a Robin that Batman doesn't have to train how to fight and be a detective. He's a Batman that he's a Robin that Batman actually has to rein in because he, Dick, uh, he, Damien doesn't think Batman goes far enough. Damien wants to, well, he, he shot and killed that girl. Why would we send him to prison? Just cut his head off. Right. So it's, it's a yeah, very interesting a idea Robin. Of justice. Yeah. I also, I honestly, if we uh, could have, if I could have chose where we jumped in, 
I would have wanted a Jason Todd story. That would have been a cool spot to jump in. I was yeah. also really excited by this because I thought, ooh, I could get both of my fan castings in one here. <laughs> yes, that's true. Ian that's Armitage true. could be a really cool Damian, Damian Wayne. Yeah. And then I could get Tanner Buchanan to play Dick Grayson still. Is, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. or one of the other Robins. Yep, that works. So that be um, that was like, ooh, I've got like double the odds now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we also worth mentioning. So yes, it uh, this will feature a Batman that is not played by Robert Pattinson. So they do talk about how you know moving forward, the movies, the TV shows, and the video games are all going to be tied into the same universe. Um, and that yeah. anything that does not fit into that will be clearly labeled as Elseworlds. Yeah. Um, and two of the examples that he gives are the Matt Reeves Batman and the, um, the oh, the, um, why am I gapping the name who did Joker? Who's the director? Anyways, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Yeah. Um, they say, uh, the Batman sequel, which we now know is going to be called The Batman Part Two. Ooh, that's uh, ooh, that's that's clever, big, clever naming. Big news. Pattinson will continue to portray the Dark Knight in at least one more crime saga movie directed by Matt Reeves. Uh, that movie will uh, that movie the executives revealed will be released on October. 3rd 2025 2025 is going to be a very big year for dc crowed saffron superman and batman within the same year so different um, different batmans they also said that they're never going to have like there will be at least a year's difference between they'll never you'll never have two different iterations of batman on the big screen in the same calendar year right uh, i just want to jump in here one more like Another reason I think starting with Damien's pretty cool is <clears throat> you're you're automatically kind of catching up to the comics a lot quicker. Um because the comics are doing some really cool stuff with Damien. Like right now the comics are doing a whole run uh, uh, have been doing a run with Damien and Superman's son who right now I don't remember what his name is but so like they're like this little team up duo they like they like sneak out of the parents houses to go fight crime together and they're they're buddies because their dads are buddies and right it's kind of which like we a, won't get because we're getting a 25 year old superman but no but but there's that the potentials there maybe down the road yeah 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 and you know maybe this superman is a little older who knows <laughs> but well, yeah okay. i think well, it's, we've I think it's a really cool idea though yeah uh, so moving on to another HBO Max series, <clears throat> and this is the one that I talked about earlier where I said Blue Beetle could, like, this, this kind of goes hand in hand, and you could have a, a good tie-in and some crossovers here. An HBO Max series based on a unique, lesser-known hero created in 1986, Saffron said of the series, it's about a loser from the future who uses basic future technology yeah. to come back to today and pretend to be a superhero. Gunn described it as imposter syndrome as a superhero. Of course, we're talking about the Booster Gold series. Yeah, um, this is going to be cool. 
It's going to be cool. It's going to be funny. Um, <clears throat> again, I'm, you know, I'm really leaning towards thinking that all of the HBO Max shows are going to be R-rated because you don't, it wouldn't have to be an R-rated series, but I think Booster Gold is a series that would benefit from not being restrained by a PG-13 rating. Um and yeah, and and like I said, Blue Beetle ties in the fact that we'll have a Blue Beetle established in this universe. Um, I think there's, it, I'm almost certain you'll see Blue Beetle pop up in this this show. Yeah, it, <laughs> Blue Beetle's a f- like, and all the animated stuff that I've seen, Blue Beetle is is great because he usually gets like sidelined by the. The, by the bigger like even when he's got his own storylines in the, in the cartoons and stuff he gets sidelined in his episodes like all right booster gold you're on crowd control while we go fight the big monster and he's like oh man come on and then he's got a really cool little sideline story that happens and but yeah like he's just it's a re he's a really kind of unique idea kind of take on on what it is to be a hero and that, yeah, like they, they knock it out of the park with the description. He's a loser from the future who uses future technology to come back to try and be a hero. He, he also uses information like kind of, uh, back to the future style information to, to aid in that too. Right. Like, Oh, I know, I know that this, this incident happens on this day and time. So if I'm there wearing the suit and stop it or save the day, then I'm a hero. Right. So yeah. he uses technology and information. And then he's got, uh, I can't remember what his buddy's name is. He's got like this little robot buddy that helps him out too. And it's, yeah, it's, it is going to be a good, this is going to be a fun, fun show. I think. Yeah. Um, next up, we have another movie, a movie that I am very, this sounds, you could not have made this sound more appealing to me. We have the movie Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Taking its cues from the recent Tom King written miniseries, this movie promises a different take than what most think of when Superman's cousin comes to mind. We will see the difference between Superman, who was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents from the time he was an infant, Versus Supergirl, raised on a rock, a chip off of Krypton, and who watched everyone around her die and killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life, and then come to Earth. She is much more hardcore and not the Supergirl we're used to. Yeah, they're saying she's going to be a much more jaded character. Um, And yeah, this to me, this is just, I don't know, this excites me like crazy because yeah. yeah so often you think about supergirl and you think about okay female relation same thing as superman just in a female form yeah um, this this sounds more like power girl it, it, maybe it's sort of but like yeah in, I, not, in it, terms of like her 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 view of the world like power girl is a lot more like more jaded and yeah. more uh stern and yeah Yeah. like the descriptors that they use about what this supergirl is going to be like it gives me kind of vibes of like oh that's that's kind of like power girl yeah power girl is of course for those who know or for those who don't know rather is a a clone of supergirl uh and kind of created by 
uh, Waller's programs and government agencies to be a super hero that they can control. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but it, it, that not, I'm like all that being said, really cool idea. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. You get this jaded kind of like, you know, angry, angry at everything kind of person who is all of a sudden thrust with the powers that they have under a yellow sun. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's so much chaos that can, you know, and I, I, I don't think anyone has any doubt that our Superman will play a role in this movie. Oh, he's got to show up. I mean, he's got to show up. How can up. he not? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the final announcement. It's also a feature film and another one that I am over the moon for. It is Swamp Thing. And the only descriptor I have here is a horror film that promises to close out the first part of the first chapter. Now, they said this is one that has, this is an announcement that has confused a lot of people. And I think that that's because, I think that in the announcement, Gunn chose his wording a little funny. And a lot of people are misunderstanding because Gunn says something to the effect of like, although this is not, although this story is not, um, he doesn't say not a part of, although it's not like right in the middle of, or, he says something that makes people think that it's not a part of the DCU, but that it somehow still influences the story of the dcu or something and everyone's left going what the hell does that mean i think that if you if you really listen to what he's saying i think that he's just simply saying it's gonna be very off on in its own corner of the universe like it's going to feel very different it's not it's gonna feel like a standalone but it is a part of the same thing and it is going to have impact on the universe. So, but this makes total sense to me. If you're going to do Swamp Thing, the fact that we now have leadership at DC who have the, the, the guts that have the nerve to do a Swamp Thing film and go, you know what? If we're going to do Swamp Thing, we need to just, we need to just make it a horror film. Like, yeah, we need to, you know, let's not sugarcoat this thing. Let's not do something that should be, you know, that should be scary and dark and and twisted and morbid and, you know, sugarcoat it so that we know that 14-year-olds can get into the theater to go see it, you know? <laughs> They're putting story first. They're putting story first. And that, to me, <clears throat> is exciting. Yeah. Well, and then by picking these little bit lesser-known characters and heroes and teams they're they're giving themselves more license to be creative yeah oh, when absolutely you, when you do batman when you do superman when you do when you do these a-list heroes the fandom expects you to do them justice by the uh existing canon you you have less 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 leeway to play with who this character is yeah where with creature commandos, uh, the uh, a paradise lost series that doesn't have a Wonder Woman, uh, the Authority, right, and to to an extent Swamp Thing, which out of those Swamp Thing is has me more excited than the other ones. <laughs> uh, 
like, yeah, you've got, you've got room to play with, with character and story and stuff. And the, the fandom will be more lenient as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause they're the, you know, you're not going to have people sitting in the theater going, that's not the color of the socks that he wears in the comics. You might have like, one or two, but it's, yeah, well, that guy's but, an but asshole. they will be a minor, like when you get something like star Wars and they, and Disney does to star Wars, what they did with to Luke and stuff like that. Of course, fans are going to be outraged and rightfully Some. so in my Some. opinion, but, but, uh, in this like when you like the creature commandos like there's going to be a very very small minority of people who are fans of creature commandos compared to fans of batman right anyways that's the news i someday someday when we have more time you and i will have a discussion about how i believe that what they did with luke in the last jedi is not only the total natural progression, but totally is consistent <laughs> with Luke's character and who Luke is from. Uh, and it, we'll, that will be an interesting discussion. It will be a very sure. interesting discussion, but we will do it. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all listed below our, um, our merch store. You want to wear some swag. That's the way to do it. Um, and also our Patreon. We are always uploading, um, some fun little content for you there that you can only get if you sign up for our Patreon. Um, and it's also a great way to help us out. Um, it's it's expensive. It's expensive to do a podcast. And, and billing time for us is actually coming up soon. Spring is when we have to renew all of our, our, our subscriptions and licenses and stuff to be able to continue to do this. So if you enjoy what we do and you want us to continue to do it, a buck a month, man. A buck a month. A buck a month goes a really long way. So uh, consider doing that. And um, yeah, check out our, we've got like 260 episodes of this freaking show. So check out all our other, all our other episodes. I promise Carl's not in all of them. So if that's if that's the unfortunately I'm in like ninety nine point nine. I think there's one I'm not in. Yeah. So if that's, Pete and I have done a few in the past where you're not, you're not there. Have you? Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, yeah, we did. Did we? I thought we did. I don't think I thought so. Pete and I did one. I'm not always there in person. Maybe that's where Maybe. my mind is going. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There's one episode that is literally just Pete. He spends like <laughs> 15 minutes talking about the movie 1917. And then we were like, we listened to it afterwards and we're like, okay, so from now on, no standalone episodes for either of us. Cause <laughs> that was boring. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for this DC thing. Uh, this is going to be a lot. There's going to be a point in time, man, where you and I are like, you know, did you do, okay. Did you watch this week's star Wars episode? Yes. Did you watch this week's MCU episode? Yes. Did you watch this week's DC episode? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I forgot. Okay. Give me an hour. Uh, 
Yeah. But we'll get through. It's going to get heavy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I don't know. I might have to back out. It might have to be like, sorry, I can't be, do this anymore. See you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you signed a one-year contract. So there's uh, there's hopefully hopefully it gets heavy before then so that I can have some sort of evil maniacal satisfaction. <laughs>